Thank you for tuning in and listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. It's going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about should Destiny or Bungie be worried about Anthem? Ultimately arguing, no, I don't think so. Very different games, and I believe they could be complimentary. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. If you would like to tune in and be a part of these conversations, I got a little carried away there. Uh, be sure to look me up. A lot of people have been coming over and really enjoying submitting questions and taking part. So do that, please. Or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. And if you like this content, I might start saying this on the front end. Go ahead and hit the like button on the video. That does help me share it with people that you think might like it or subscribe to my channel. I say that at the end, but somebody gave me a tip online. They're like, you should say that at the beginning. I enjoy your content. I never thought to like or share. And I'm like, oh, so let's jump in to the first question. Leviathan says, I don't think D2 should be worried. Honestly, I see Anthem kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn. Tons of hours up front, and then at six months, player base declines a lot. What are your hopes on the content loop? I don't... I hope that's not true. I I don't want this game to to feel like a a, a single-player linear game like Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, environmentally and everything like that, I could see similarities, but you know, it's like... It's like Division and Diablo and Horizon Zero Dawn and Warframe like all had a baby. There's so many good threads of influence. I, I think the game is very enjoyable. But I would hope that their their content ad is drawn out, lengthy, and fun. I mean, I, I, just, I just checked my microtransactions video, and there's somebody on there saying, you know, even though I engage with the, 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 that, this criticism in the, in the debate about there, sh- there should be no microtransactions in a $60 game, I addressed that in the video, and I said, well, all the content ads are free. So if you're going to argue against microtransactions in a $60 game, then you're ultimately arguing against free DLC ads. You want paid DLC, which that content model hasn't done all that well either. It fragments the player base. You know, it frustrates people as far as value transmission. They don't feel like they're getting much value. But, you know, more isolated purchases like microtransactions for for cosmetics is up to the player. It's up to the user. It's up to the consumer for the value perception. And so... My hope would be that the model works and that we get like a really, really good flow of content over the next however many years they plan to invest in the game. Every I want something kind of happening every week, every month. That's how games like this work. Like you feel like you don't want to put the game down. You don't want to take a break because you're going to lose your momentum or your standing or you're not going to be able to get the new thing that they're, they're, you know, they're putting out there. So I, I, I don't want them to, uh, I don't want them to have it basically be done the player drop-off now player drop-off is normal this is something i think that a lot of people misinterpret every single game in the history of games has a big surge at the beginning and then a natural drop-off so if you look at the numbers if there's some way to check engagement numbers for anthem launch week and you check those numbers a month later like oh look the game is in decline that happens that will happen you never stay at the at the at the fever pitch you never stay at the at the height of its of its longevity the question is always how many can you keep and how often do they keep coming back daily weekly monthly you know how how stable is that in sort of that internal core community um and there are times for Comeback Kid. I mean, Function is saying, you know, Rainbow Six Siege was the opposite, right? They, they brought that game back from the ashes. 
No Man's Sky, I think's engagement has 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 gone up significantly because of that as well. Now I don't play it on stream, but that game has finally kind of come to where it was supposed to be initially, and you you, you kind of have to applaud Hello Games for investing in in such a fumbled ball. Now that was fumbled by multiple people, right? But th- th- that game should have been pushed back almost a whole year, uh, and they should not have had Sean Murray doing interviews well before the core game was designed, because a lot of what he wanted to do is getting put in now, because I think they had vision and they had things already built, but it wasn't ready. And so a lot of what he quote-unquote promised and quote-unquote lied about is in the game now because they were already working on that stuff. They just didn't have enough time. So I think that in in light of that, I, I think games like this can can do well out of the gate, but they can also bounce back. You know, I, My concern would be if if this... If this game doesn't do well from the outset, I don't know if it could bounce back. You almost need that engaged player base up front. You need that cult following, and I I would worry if they didn't get that, you know. No Man's Sky probably would have been fine without that flood that destroyed years of work. Yeah, that's another thread that just always gets overlooked, too. I always forget about that. More Cat 6. Bioware has said all DLCs are going to be free for Anthem. Have they laid out how that structure will DLCs will go? No. Similar to what we've gotten for Destiny, there will be a roadmap closer to the launch of the game. I think closer to the 22nd is what we were told, is that there will be a roadmap. <clears throat> because I think that needs to... I, I honestly think between the 15th and the 22nd, there needs to be two significant announcements made. Maybe even before the 15th. The microtransactions need to be outlined clearly. Price, earn rate. Give us an idea of what earn rate looks like. Don't make people buy the game and play for two weeks and then start spitting out YouTube videos talking about the earn rate. I think you stand to earn a lot of goodwill and confidence from players if you speak clearly about your pricing structure, but more importantly, the earn rate. If you don't want to spend a dime on these microtransactions, you don't have to. Here's the earn rate we see you know, you landing on. And then a second thing I think they would they, they would stand to really benefit from is prior to the twenty second, probably in between the fifteenth and the twenty second, is saying, here is the here is the flow. Here's the drip of content that we envision seeing. Event on this week, event on this week, this month we're gonna do this this new thing. This month we're gonna do uh, like I guess I guess, I guess they've said they're they've had plans to do new javelins, things like that. So if people have that kind of confidence, I think to compare here, I think that's helped Destiny. Now, if they could if they could really, really get the word out, I feel like the roadmaps should be in the game more clearly and more substantively. I think they put it don't they put it up in the corner? I want to look at that because I think the more the player base can get behind the idea that okay, there's a rhythm of content ad. There are times when there'll be breaks I can take, and and times where I I need to dig in and I, I really need to chase stuff. You know, uh, I believe they put it up here in the corner. Yeah, so season five shows what you get for the annual pass over here meet Ada new raid new activity new forges I honestly feel like every time we get into a season that picture from Twitter where they show the schedule would be really really good to put in here too so then your player base is just getting educated about the rhythm like what's coming and when I think that's good because then you're like man there's nothing to do in destiny and then you don't realize that like the very next day something's happening 
So I think I think sometimes complaint and like the cries of like there's not enough to do, I have nothing to do. I think some of that might get quieted a little bit if people knew, okay, in a week there's this, in a week there's that. Oh, okay, well that such and such game launches at this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna I can go I can go get that game and play it, and then I'll be just in time probably for you know whenever Destiny adds Season of the Drifter or whatever. Educating your player base about the drip feed and about the roadmap, I think is very, very important in these style of games because you're creating confidence in the future, but you're also creating habits that are in line with the rhythm. Alpha Divine, unrelated to Anthem and Division, but do you believe that Destiny needs trials if it wants to stay relevant despite your views on PvP cycle? Now, when you say stay relevant, you have to qualify that. Me, staying relevant to the community at large, no, I don't think you need trials. Staying relevant on Twitch, sure, it would help significantly. Um, there is there is clearly a vacancy of viewership for this game on the weekends now because a lot of us pivot and do other things. Um, and that generally wasn't the case with trials. So if if... If they brought Trials back, yes, I think that would help the game stay relevant, stay on viewership. It would help the the directory on the weekends. No doubt about it. But if it comes back half-cocked, diluted, bad, or not where people want it, PvP is just always going to be a bit of an unruly animal. And I think that's the challenge when you want to do Trials is you you get low engagement. It's a small portion of the player base. That doesn't mean you don't do it, right? We still do raids. But raids don't need tweaked and balanced and dealt with. There's no DDoSing in raids. There's no cheaters. There's none of that. And so I think Trials brings a lot of baggage with it. Um, just the scene. Just the scene. I'll be honest. I got nervous and I hid my screen the night we worked on the last word. Because I didn't feel like getting DDoSed by some scumbag. I mean, that that happens. Plenty of streamers boot up and just want to play some quick play and they get DDoS and I think trials would be even worse. And I don't know what the answer there is. It's peer-to-peer. Um, it's peer-to-peer. So I I feel like I feel like the nature of trials creates it's just it's it's right it's right for problems. It's right for for complaint and imbalances to be more uh, more realized, more exaggerated, because everybody just plays the meta, everybody just dials in frustrating builds. You know, prior to the shards patch, you would see people running three teams of, of shards, and it would have been a nightmare. It would have been a nightmare to play against that, and you know, shards of Galanor and Blade Barrage would have would have become a night, just an absolute nightmare in trials when you play if you play against a stack that does that. So, I I don't know. It, it, adding relevancy on Twitch, I, I I don't think that's important right now. I don't. If you're going to add relevancy on Twitch, that's a double-edged sword. You don't want people looking at your game and saying it's it's crap, it's bad. You don't want PvP to be any more embarrassing than it already is. You know, a lot of the big guys play it and they've got they've got a pretty steady flow of criticisms the last 4 years. That's been true. And I think those criticisms would be even sharper, even even be more more hot if it was attached to trials um, because it just naturally brings that out you're 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 going to be frustrated you're going to be angry you're going to say you know my gosh why can't they get this and this and this and this right so Borquin, do you think that the market competition of Anthem Division and Destiny will be beneficial to light MMO genre or could it split player bases 
I mean, I think there could be a lot of lessons learned for anybody attempting to make a game like this. I think the pricing model especially can be very educational to companies that want to go into the market of a game-as-service model. Bungie, on their own, has been, in some respects, trying a new... pioneering a new approach with the annual pass. Can you... Can you do drip feed content and is the money made from the drip feed content enough? Is it? Um, that's, that's the real question. Because if, you, if you're going to do drip feed, drip feed's fine, but if you're not making money, then it doesn't matter. It, you know, how much money did they make on the annual pass? Is that enough to do it again in a year later? Or do they need to have other things subsidizing it? There's a lot of question marks there. For Anthem, similar question marks remain. Are you going to have enough players playing a month or two months from now? Are you going to have enough players buying skins, armor sets, vinyls, textures, emotes? Is is that stuff going to be selling enough to subsidize all those future content ads? Because if not, then the structure and the, and the, the model breaks down. So to me, I think MMO light games are in demand. I think people want games that they grind. I think people want games that they play for a long period of time. I think what stands in the way is the model, the pricing model. If you want it to be sort of MMO light and exist on consoles and give you that long-term grind, the market and the consumer base on console is honestly the biggest obstacle because they can't get away with a subscription fee. Subscription fee is just giant hurdle in the way. So they're having to get creative about what will people accept, what will people enjoy. ESO's structure is is doing well, but that they, that took a while to kind of hammer out. I I think the games themselves are in demand. People want them. How do you how do you structure the pricing and how do you drip the content out so that people feel like there's always something kind of new to chase at a good rhythm? Alpha Divine, if you could make one thing different about Anthem based off of what we know currently, what would it be, if anything? Oh, I'm trying to think. If if I could if I could minimize load time and the stun, some of the stunning is just way too pronounced and way too frustrating. If you fly into a wall, you fall and you can't start flying again, even if you haven't burned out. You have to fall all the way to the ground and then you can fly again. It's like, okay, I just bumped my head. I think I'll be okay. I'm fighting a spider the size of a, you know, of a three-story building. I think I'll be okay if I bump my head in my huge armored suit. You know, it just seems so corny. You like lightly bonk your head or you take a wrong turn and instead of falling and having to reinitiate flight and going back up, you got to fall all the way to the ground. It, it honestly feels silly. It's like, wait, what? I'm, I'm about to fight this enormous this enormous spider. I'm fighting mobs of scorpions and enemies and acids getting spit in my eye and but my I'm I'm super I'm sensitive to a little a little bonk on my head, you know? Like a two year old, like, ow, then they gotta sit on the ground and cry for a little bit. <laughs> and the stun locking. There were some fights where there were definitely some fights where the, how long that the the Colossus is stunned and getting back up is uh is just too long i got stun locked by some by some um by some bosses and the load times i think those two things can be pretty frustrating load times and then just the that you're just everything is a little slow and a little truncated if you get into a bad stun cycle it's not very fun 
that's what you would change yeah i like i like the game i like that i i do i like you guys know how i am i get critical i I was more critical of that i was critical of the fact that they didn't have this the 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 tutorial in the demo nobody got to learn about the 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 combos or how each you know javelin is supposed to kind of feel uh, yeah, camera shake too, and we're getting that. That's an update coming on the twenty second. There'll be a camera shake slider, and I think you'll be able to legitimately turn off motion blur. Those are all things that are coming. So in my mind, if it's if it's already on the docket of things to come, I'm like, yeah, load times are frustrating. If we could minimize those, because it, it's, it's, that's another thing with the load times, it's super pushy. It's like get with your team, and you're like, gee, many frick, let me catch up. Load screen, you didn't catch up with your team. Oh, for Pete's sakes, like, give me some time, you know? I'm gonna wait just in case anybody in the area is trying to get this guy. Just in case. Come on, he's over here. He's up here, bud. Come on, dude. I know you want them. I know you want this guy. Get some shots on him. Come on. Come get some shots on him before the cabal kill him. Good job. Trying to be a nice guy. Trying to be a nice guy. These HVT ones are frustrating. Um, well, hello. Uh, that's good synergy right there. Next question. Syrian uh, Biax, I have watched you now for a few months. I'm very impressed at your ability to respond to negativity with rational thought and intelligence. In all honesty, how do you do that? It is very impressive. I wish more people I knew in real life could handle themselves like you. Thanks for the good example. Our world needs it so badly right now. This is why people accuse me of loading up the questions. Like, I have a guy who's literally said, I rehearse these questions and I have people submit pre-written questions because of stuff like this. I, I appreciate this compliment. I did not ask anybody to say this, but this definitely feels like that. Six months from Wolf of Kurnost. I mean, if you if you genuinely want to know, like, in... I have a... I have a... How transparent do I want to get? I have a background in engaging in worldview discussions with people and political, philosophical, and religious discussions with people. And when you, when you have experience in that realm, uh, when you have experience in that realm, I think it helps you see the, you can see the good in a radical position. You can see the good in a position that is disagreeing with you, right? So I'm going to move some loot here. I'm going to put the banner up. I had a professor really influence me in saying that, in saying how much he loved and appreciated radical positions. Because when you when you hear someone utter a radical position, you get a very sharp, focused view on a given topic. And I think when you see that as having value and not being a threat to you, you get to this... Not that I'm like zen-like, I get passionate, fired up, and I crack people on the jaw sometimes, but if you don't feel threatened by someone disagreeing with you, okay, let's say you and another person are disagreeing about a political issue, okay, them disagreeing with you is not a threat to you, you've been convinced that they're a threat to you because they're they're the quote-unquote enemy, because they're trying to ingrain you and sort of 
passively brainwash you into into voter loyalty because it, they're a threat to you. They are a danger, right? They think this and they're bad. They are this dirty word, right? They are a blank, fill in the blank. And so it creates and fosters fear. So when you have a simple disagreement about a, even even something like a calm, there's calm political issues, right? How much control should states have over the educational system? How much control should be in the hands of the Fed, right? That's a big debate that happens a lot, especially in the realm of the education system. States should be more in control of the flow of money and the programs instituted because every state and culture and, and background of the citizens is completely and utterly different. That's a debate worth having. If you're having that debate with somebody, their disagreement with you is not a threat to you. If you see it as a threat, that's when you take things personal. That's when you get angry. That's when your hackles get raised. You're like, I cannot believe this person does not see things the way that I do. And if they are correct and they get they get what they want, then um, I'm in danger. So my background in this has, has very, very dramatically shaped the way that I engage with people. Now, sometimes I come at people pretty hard. I either am exhausted with the ignorance of the of the position, I'm, I'm exhausted with the presumption, or the passive insult. So sometimes I, 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 I come at people maybe a little bit harder than I should. And I read a book once that talked about how much you can control a conversation with questions as opposed to assertions. And usually when people try to control conversations with assertions, it's because their position is weak. And so they make strong pronouncements and they're hyperbolic and they hammer away and they assert and they assert and they never back anything they're saying with any logic or any reason. And when you can control the flow of a conversation with questions, you can reach understanding about the position. The better you understand a position, the better you can dismantle it. The better you understand a position, the better you can respect that position when engaging with it. And you're far more winsome. You're far more winsome when you engage with the position and you say, what you're saying is this, I hear what you're saying, here's where I see you're, 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 you're coming off the rails, or here's where this would become problematic if, if applied universally. Like when people make arguments about video games, I'm like, well, apply that universally to other circumstances or instances. You see how foolish this is, right? And... Um, that is that is a long journey that it took for me to get to that place because I did I used to get very angry I had friends and close family members and stuff that would disagree with me about stuff and I would get very angry and very upset and the other thing the other thing that I started to realize is when you let someone control your emotional state you're giving someone power over you who probably does not deserve it whether it's their approval of you, their thoughts about you, how they treat you, or their disagreement with you. If you give them control over your emotional state and you get riled up, you're giving them control over you, and they probably don't deserve it. And being a streamer, I've really seen that. I've seen that through the the egos and the fakeness of people, the, the, the willingness to use and betray and lie and backstab, seeing that element of, of the streaming world, you really start to realize, like, number one, you need to be pretty guarded, but number two, I won't give these people power over me. And number three, you interact with trolls all the time. They're attempting to... They're attempting to leverage power in a powerless position. When you start to see all these things more clearly, you start to see people not as a threat to you, but... You're, you, you, you can learn from every encounter with somebody. I can learn I can learn from an encounter with a 
hate speech spewing racist. I can learn from that person. Now, that doesn't mean that I empathize or justify or defend their position. But if I can contextualize, explain, and understand their position, I can dismantle it a whole lot better. And when I do that, there could be someone in the crowd, in the audience, in the culture that starts to think, wow, that racist guy is making some sense. If I yell at him and I create an us versus them encounter, this is what the culture is doing right now, us versus them encounter, okay? I may, I may passively push people toward that racist position. Why? Because all I'm doing is creating fire and sparks and there's no, there's no clarity. There's no, what's going on? If you calmly and intelligently dismantle the position, show the folly of the position, then the person that's like, this guy's making some sense, and then you hear the logical argument, the dismantling of it, you're like, no, he's not making sense. This is destructive. This is bad. This is bad for society and the advancements of the human race. This person is a threat to our whatever. This this person is this person is wrong. This person is incorrect. And I think that's what's getting lost in society right now. Is no one this happened this happens in the streaming world. This happened with a young man who uttered tons of ignorance about mental health and instead of people showing how ignorant and foolish what was being said was and raising other people's consciousness they just turned it into this we're going to beat up on the person we're going to cuss them out say they're an effing moron saying that they should shut up like we're going to do this so anybody in the crowd who thinks this guy's making some sense starts to think now wait hang on a minute why are you insulting this guy I'm suddenly on this guy's side like you, you create a you create a battle instead of a dialogue so I now sometimes you just can't reason with people. It's and again, it's not about it's not about reasoning with people. It isn't. I'm not this is the other thing you have to understand what I'm doing here. I'm not trying to convince the ignorant person that they're ignorant. I'm trying to show that they're ignorant so everyone else can see and have their consciousness raised and see this position is foolish. This position is hateful. So when someone says, why do you not get upset at people disagreeing with you? Oh man, issues in video games? Is that really that it's serious and important? You just start to triage it down. You're like, this isn't that big deal. This isn't that big of a deal. This person's disagreeing with me. This person's accusing me of being a shill and defending bad micros or, you know, defending Anthem. Like, this isn't that big of a deal. This is, this is video games. There's far bigger societal issues at play in this person's tribalism and this person's, and this person's attack of me there's something far deeper going on here so uh, there there are layers to the tribalism in the video game debates that happen there's layers to it there's cultural history and there's cultural norms that are that are flowing into that it happens at every level political philosophical religious debates all those debates that happen and debates within video games it's all part of the same ball of wax where you've been convinced people that disagree with you or think different than you are a threat to you and once you see that that's not true oh man what a world you get to live in you get to you get to have this sort of freedom to breathe and interact with people well why do you think that well that's interesting I don't agree with you, but I, your position's interesting. <laughs> you see? Then you turn people into books instead of weapons. 
Every person you meet's a book. They're interesting. They have a past. They have a history, a family, a culture, a city that they grew up in that is all that is all like woven them into the person that stands in front of you, right? And they're far more interesting when you see them as a book to be understood and 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 to be apprehended instead of a weapon that like, oh, they might be a danger to me. Oh, I better put my better put my guards up. What a world you get to live in when people are books instead of weapons. To be feared. Don't fear your fellow man, understand him. That got really freaking deep. But I don't think you can get to a place where you interact and get calm. Like, I still haven't, I still haven't arrived, right? I still haven't arrived. I get too riled up. I get too angry. I let people, I let people goad me sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But I've gotten to a much better place in these discussions where I don't feel threatened because I see... I see the good in the debate. I see the good in the back and forth. Somebody got on me yesterday for like railing against some ignorant moron in the chat. And I was like, you got to understand what I'm doing when I do that. I'm sending a loud and clear message. That kind of ignorant stuff doesn't get traction here. Number two, I'm dismantling a bad argument. There's purpose behind that. Castaway. Do you feel that D2 and Anthem will think about staggering their content releases as to avoid releasing uh, the new DLC or some of their content at the same time? I mean, I don't know if if, if BioWare is going to be specifically looking at the at the, at the. I don't know if they're going to be looking at the the roadmap of Destiny Two and saying, "We better settle down, right? We better settle down. We we better we better ad- adapt our pa- our path to their path." Now they might sensibly say, "This is a week where a bunch of new stuff is dropping in Destiny Two. We should avoid that week. We should launch the week before, or maybe two weeks after." I think that's sensible. I don't know if they're going to be that rigid, but I think that's pretty sensible. What's the title then? Does that not provoke this kind of argument? I mean, Dark Soul. Asking the question, should Destiny be worried about Anthem? I'm asking a question. I'm posing a question. Like, you don't have to be like, oh, it's a trash game, there's no threat. I mean, again, that's just, that's not an argument. That's just like an, a, a subjective opinion just asserted hyperbolically, which usually betrays a weak position. So, don't drop, don't drop stuff the first week of September. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be sensible about it. I don't think they're going to try and like drop stuff right on the exact same rhythm of the of the like. If they laid out their annual pa- their roadmap and they were like, "Wait a minute, hold on a second. Every single drop is dropping at the same time as a Destiny drop," they might say, "We should retool this." It's like when you're building your your calendar for school and you're like, "That's a holiday weekend, you dummy. You can't put that there." Kind of like that. So. <laughs> oh my just go away dude nobody wants you here you're unwanted at this point that's how you're gonna act just go somewhere else alpha divine what is the biggest worry you have for destiny 2 of anthem and division do well i mean okay I- i'll admit i'll admit there is a concern that i have it has nothing to do with the health of destiny it has to do with the community and the the language infection we can get okay <laughs> i call i call memes language infection it's a language virus people get infected with the virus and they and they and they say it and they do it to fit in and it's i think it's pathetic but <laughs> i uh <laughs> i think as a community we get language viruses as well and i'm worried that people are going to go play let's say division and anthem are roaring they're a roaring success they do great 
what you don't want to have happen is people come from division and anthem and say oh all these things all these quality points all these things that they do for their game bungie needs to do that too you can't start to turn destiny into a hybrid of two other games just because you're enjoying those games that kind of stuff happens all the time people want to turn a game into another game you know and that's why i just stopped playing monhun i was like i'm not going to turn monhun into a game that scratches me where i itch it's not going to happen right it's not going to happen this game ain't for me now if i would have come to monhun and criticized it and tried to weave myself into that community and created videos and dialogue i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. make this game like destiny that would have been stupid it would have been a waste of my energy and time like a whole lot of futility and fruitlessness so and people are doing that with anthem it's not going to survive without pvp right we're we're getting we're getting we're already getting that we're already getting that that sharp sort of you better make this game just like all these other games The, the, the the insistence upon the game being shoved into a square hole even though it's a round peg you know that kind of a thing that's actually a really nice roll. Holy moly. That's a good roll for Ether Doctor if they make it good. Oh, I already have a Zen Rampage with Flared um, that does better with both handling uh, and reload, I think. So, good roll. We don't need it. And we got both those. Uh, <laughs> we got that HVT right away. Another Ether Doctor. Uh Scott the Dude, did I get... Did I, I might have missed your five-month resub. Welcome back, Scott the Dude. I'm pretty sure I thank Wolf of Kronos for theirs. So, and that's just me as a content creator, right? That's just me as a content creator. Like, I don't enjoy having to deal with the same tired comments time after time after time. That's part of the job, right? Like, you gotta put up with that. You gotta learn to live with that. But I don't want to have to listen for the summer into September where they better do bip, 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 and it's just a laundry list of you trying to turn you trying to turn you know destiny into a hybrid of anthem and division 2 dj may 88 thanks for three months dude that's a blue badge you become my favorite streamer i appreciate that uh lithros says why do you think people compare anthem and d2 for me it's like comparing nhl and fifa they're both sports games but that's it okay this is where i think this is where i think the aesthetics of the game is driving expectation people saw a sci-fi shooter with loot and they think destiny two years ago i had never touched the game i had never played the game i knew nothing about anthem and after watching the e3 trailer people were like do you think that's going to be a destiny killer is that is that going to be like destiny and i said no i said all they showed us was abilities it wasn't gun-based combat and then like some sort of crystal ball that I looked into that's exactly what the game is why because that's how they promoted it <laughs> they the first time they showed us the game there was almost no gunplay there was there was nothing there was it was all abilities and I said I was like I I don't think this is gonna be a gun-based game they sh- it's not it doesn't look like that it looks like an abilities based game it looks very different but people see sci-fi they see guns and they see loot and they're like dude this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a uh, this is gonna be just like Destiny, and then the other thing they see when they see that they see sci-fi, they see guns and they think oh it's gonna have PVP you know, 
And as as Missile is saying in chat, it's a turnoff to not have PvP for him, but there are multitudes of people that like that it doesn't have PvP. I think you... This is how... This is actually how I think games are more successful. You know your identity and you know your core audience. The type of person that looks at Anthem and is like, no PvP, frick that game. You are 100% not like me. I think within a target audience, you can have a spectrum of player. You can have differences. You can have casuals, hardcores, hobbyists, you know, more laid back players. I think you can have that. But I think oftentimes when you try and target everybody, you end up not, you end up pleasing no one. I've said that many times. When you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing no one. All right, guys, pizza's here. You said you liked veggies. You liked meat. You liked cheese. We got a pizza with literally everything on it. What? Oh, oh, wait, wait. No, we didn't. Sorry. No, we have one slice of cheese, one slice of pepperoni, one slice of veggie. And they're like, that's not enough pizza, you idiot. I'm going to eat one piece. Do you see what I'm saying? You either please no one or they feel like what you bring them isn't enough. So, like, that's what happens. We're like, you like PvP, you like grind, you like loot, you like shooters, you like abilities. We're going to offer a game that does all of that. And they're like, it's either it's either not enough, it's either one slice, or it's just it's just diluted. It's like, it, I don't want meat on mine. What's it, what is this? You're trying to please everybody. If you, if you try and please everybody, I think you end up pleasing no one. And I think that the, the stronger a game's core identity is, the stronger their appeal to an audience, the better it does. This is why, okay, uh, the PvP folks are going to think I'm agreeing with them right now, but I'm not. This is why PvP-only games do so well. Overwatch, CSGO, Fortnite. These games... That's they appeal to that audience and they deliver they deliver that experience. It's good. Overwatch PvE would be lit. Right, but Big Tibbs, if they launched a PvE experience that was somewhat boring and bland and not that vibrant because it was like a tack on, what's the point, right? Conversely, what's the point in adding PvP to a game where it ends up being some kind of half cocked piece of garbage that no one touches? PvP and Diablo? PvP and Warframe? What's the point? Why pull away from the development and the expansion and the quality of life of Overwatch to build some not-so-great PvE experience? I'm not saying games can't exist that do both. We talked about this earlier. I think Call of Duty's giant funnel that pulled so many people into gaming, Halo's giant funnel that pulled so many people into gaming, set this expectation that there's always like a campaign and PvP, there's always that, and that's kind of mess with our brains, so when we see a loot pursuit game like Anthem why wouldn't it have PvP? Every game up to now has had both, like Letting a game be the game that, like, having its own identity, I think, is super important. Would you want me coming to some PvP game you've had your heart set on for months? The dev diaries, the vid docs, the blogs, the 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 ask me anything's on Twitter. Some amazing PvP game. And I was like, yeah, but I really wanted to add PvE. I really want an RPG loot grind. You'd be like, what? No, why? This is a PvP game. Well, because it's what I want. The guns look cool and the characters look cool. I want an RPG grind. Lono, get the frick out of here. This is a PvP game. No. 
I want this. Like, that's how unreasonable people sound. It's like, this is a loot pursuit game. This is a shoot. This is a looter shooter. It's not a shooter thin, right? Look at the Uncharted series. They started attacking on PvP. Uh, now, while it was arguably good PvP, people didn't really play it. Yeah, and there's just a lot of dev time wasted on it. There's a host of reasons why we don't need PvP. So. More Cat 6. Sorry if unrelated. Has Bungie ever explained why they aren't able to run quests through consumables so they could be account wide? I don't think they've ever explained it, no. Yeah. It's frustrating, but they've never explained it. Uh. It was like Call of Duty adding Blackout, Battle Royale. People were shocked. Well, right. And then Call of Duty finally launches without a campaign, and people are like, what the frick is going on? Because that was a standard up to that point. You know? Far Cry used to have PvP. Yeah, Far Cry had PvP, and it was garbage. It was a stupid, like, think about it like this. Think about it like this. As a PvP player, do you want some company to passively, not intentionally, do you want them to passively trick you into buying their game? Because they capitulate to your demands? Fine, there's PvP in there. And then it's crap. And you spent 60 bucks, and you're like... What is this? Hey, man, we got Far Cry. Yeah, co-op campaign. Is there PvP? Oh, yeah, yeah, we threw it. It's PvP. It's in there. Yeah, there's some PvP. You're like, sweet, let me buy it. This is crap. I bought this game for PvP. This is awful. That was like back when games would throw on their description on the back of the box. This was before you could like go to Twitch and YouTube, right? And it would say co-op, and you get so excited. The original Rage game, right? Original Rage promotes itself for fans of Borderlands, right? And thank you for uh, two months of subs, Murph Murph. Oh, for fans of Borderlands. And then I go to the store, I flip the box over, it says co-op, you know, two to four player co-op. I'm like, dope, it's got co-op. It didn't have co-op. It had this offshoot, garbage, chintzy, stupid nonsense. And they got my money because I thought I was going to have co-op. So if they get your money because they add PvP... I don't know, man. If it's not good, then you basically just threw money away. Uh, Mike DR says, I see the question on a lot of games. Do you think the community will ever get to the point where we realize this all-or-nothing industry? Uh, this is all-or-nothing industry. I view new games in a space with excitement. Destiny, Warframe, Division. I get to watch Anthem, see what works and what doesn't. I get to iterate and make their games better. It's a win-win all around. In my opinion, it never is an OMG, the game will die because another game launches. That's not a question. I guess thanks for sharing your opinion. Uh, Insane Cheeto. Do you think Trials will be back in D2? Or are they focusing on the next DLC, Joker's Wild and Penumbra? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, it... I don't think Trials is going to come back in, in Joker's Wild. I, I don't think uh, I don't think it's coming back in Joker's Wild. You missed the question? What was the question? I see this question on a lot of games. Do you think the community will ever get to the point that we realize this all or this all or nothing industry? What that's not a question. There's there's missing words. That's not a question. Um They'd have teased it already. I agree with Papa uh, Papa Crabman. I think they would have teased they would have teased a trials already. Um, well, that wasn't the guy I was looking for anyway. 
You skipped my question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Blag uh, Blagadoo says, "Do you think games like Destiny and Anthem have an in-game feedback system for people that don't keep up with Reddit, YouTube, etc?" Okay, so I got this question before. And somebody completely twisted my words on YouTube and like, of course you don't want games to have an intrinsic feedback system because then they wouldn't get funneled to your channel and your Twitch stream. (sighs) Yeah, that's why I said what I said. Um, No. I think the majority of player bases don't want their experience interrupted. So, if you're not beta or alpha testing, ending a mission or a piece of content with like a questionnaire... Or a rate this out of so many stars. I think what most people would do is just click right through it. Yeah, it's great. Go to the next. Yeah, it's great. I don't care. Go to the next. Go to the next. Go to the next. Go to the next. It's like when you open up an app and they're like, hey, uh, we know you want to get into the app, but before we do, but before we do, what do you think of our app? I think I would like to get into the app. Cancel. Get the frick out of my face. I'm not reviewing your app right now. Go away. Go away that I, I feel like a lot of people would treat an internal feedback system like that now if you could go intentionally to like a feedback board and say oh well I think this and this and this uh, here's how I rate this here's how I rate that my only thought is how do you make that streamline like you're typing with the controller you know what I mean how do you do that I don't, I don't, I just don't, I just don't think that would be, that would be a streamlined system. Now, again, if you could just simply go through and if they just want to get like big picture, like what's everybody think, uh, what's everybody think about strikes, you know, and then they, they leave like the star rating or whatever. I think the easiest way to get a barometer on the community's thought about content is, are they engaging with it? You know, now they could do like a weekly posting board and they could say, you know, hey, we'll give you so many credits if you, if you like, what if they gave you some bright dust to answer some questions? Like just a couple, like scale, scale of one to five questions or whatever. Again, people would click through. So I don't know how much value would be here, but they could say this week's question is, we noticed that you're not playing strikes. What would make you play strikes? And you're like loot incentive or uh, bounties or leveling up Zavala, which do you think is the most important? And then you'd kind of rank it. Well, if a couple million people take that poll, and most people are saying, I would go into strikes for loot, that informs Bungie saying, okay, we we need to focus on a loot incentive for strikes. Again, I... This this becomes very challenging. I don't think it's I don't think it's an easy thing to put in. I think you can. Thermometer? No, barometer. A barometer, a thermometer measures temperature, a barometer measures pressure. You can use barometer in the way that I use it, same as thermometer. A lot of times people say you can get a barometer for how people are feeling about something. That's usually how it's used, I think. I'm pretty sure I've heard it used that way. It would give you a barometer on what people think. I think. Like barometric pressure? I don't know. I'm just I'm referencing a tool that measures things. That's all I'm that's all I'm doing. Uh so internal feedback I think is very, very careful. But you gotta be very, very careful. Or you're gonna end up with bad feedback because people will just click through to get the bright dust. Right? 
they'll just click through to get done with it. Like, get out of my face. I'm done with the strike. I don't want to answer your stupid question, you know? Like, when they're like, do you want to take a survey after the call is over? No, when the call is over, I would like it to be over. If you'd like to put me on hold and have me take a questionnaire, maybe I'd do it, but then, I mean, I'm, I'm answering a survey before the before I have a solution, so that wouldn't work either. So, I don't know. I'm not against it. It's just, it'd be tough to get accurate, you know, feedback. I think a lot of times, like I said, they can look at what people are doing in the game. Uh, next question from Galaxy Beams. With Season of the Drifter coming up very soon and Bungie announcing there will be no raids coming, do you think the new Gambit concepts could hold players over and win people over until the next DLC, or will we suffer another Osiris drought and pivot to something new permanently? I don't think people pivot to new things permanently. That's generally not how it goes. Uh, second, I'm worried about a Gambit-centric activity loop. So... So when you uh, when you run the 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 loop in in Black Armory, right? When you run that loop, you're just doing pretty easy stuff, pretty fun stuff, and then you're getting things to drop, right? You're getting things to drop in the game. And when that happens, I think that's just easy for most people to just get in there and enjoy. Gambit is centered around a game mode so what happens is anytime there's a game mode even if you go to pvp right pull the pvp community and if you ask them like what game modes they like the best you're gonna get like a swath of responses gambit even no matter what you think whether the community loves it or not it's a game mode and people generally either like or or dislike a game mode there's not a lot of in between and if there is in between like ah take it or leave it do they really want to spend time in content that they could just take it or leave it so the danger and I think the risk with the the Gambit-centric nature. Now, they said it's not just Gambit, but I'll be really shocked if Gambit isn't like the centerpiece loop. Okay? Who even plays Destiny? Over uh, probably about a million and a half people a day. Obviously not you, but thanks for stopping by. The, the nature of that type of a loot grind, I think, is going to be tough if... I think the Gambit mode that they're introducing should have no PvP in it, personally. Personally. If, if... Because if PvP's in there, that's where most of the problems with Gambit come from. Is the PvP. The the Queen Breakers, the Sleeper, the Invasion, all that. It's all fraught with problems, and that'll make people not want to play, and, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to do it, I don't know how they're going to do it. I think if you get Gambit, I'm sorry, if you get Season of the, uh, if you get Joker's Wild, and you get a week or two into the into the content drip, and you're like, it's mostly Gambit. Sure, it's not all Gambit. They can say that, but like, if it's mostly Gambit, I think a lot of people are going to be like, ay ay ay, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for this type of of, uh, of content loop. Six uh, MJM six says. Should Bungie really be worried about Anthem? I didn't think Anthem was too similar to Destiny. This one thing that has always pulled me back to Destiny is how well it's designed for PC and also how smooth it plays compared to other games like it. Well, the optimization the optimization issues are there. Um, the that 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 can be fixed though, right? Optimization problems, you know, how it runs, things like that, those can be patched. But 
as far as it, you know, should they be worried about it? No, I made that very clear in my talk. I don't think it should be. I think they're vastly different. Rustlin N7. Do you think that if Anthem will have huge success that Destiny can separate PvE and PvP to provide similar various gameplay, or is it not possible? Here's the thing. I think if you're going to... If you're going to look at Anthem as sort of a what are we going to do if this game is successful sort of a question should we then separate pvp and pve to as you're saying provide similar various gameplay the loot grind and the loot pursuit in destiny is so different compared to anthem but i think they could learn from oh wow since they didn't have to worry about PvP, look how strong they could make the player. Look how long they could make the fights last, right? There's a lot of things that you get from that. Making us significantly stronger, adding really, really strong loot has lots of benefits. Not just the benefit of, oh, you get to you get to have stronger weapons. You can have better fights, stronger fights, stronger enemies, big world bosses that take longer to kill. I think a lot of this rests on the shoulders of the engine that they build the next game in. I still, to this day, I don't see how Destiny has a future in this engine and with these dev tools. Now, if they can pull some kind of tricks in the background, hybrid engine, if they, you know, maybe they pair up with Epic and they do some something where the two the two engines can coexist or work together. I don't know how all that works, but like the, the the limitations on this engine and the dev tools just is holding back a lot of that. So even if you can even if you can make us stronger and make and make bosses, you know, harder to kill, you're still working within a, a limited spectrum. And when you work within that limited spectrum, I would I would be concerned that you would you would not be able to really ascend to higher you know higher quality or or better experiences i feel like a lot of people would just feel like it's it's just destiny with crazier weapons now the crazier weapons would obviously make things feel fresh fun different unique you know our strength and our power and the fights would be would be significantly better but i just really would want to see the scope of the game go way up way up uh, so that you know boss fights world boss fights things of that nature could be significantly better than where they've been um so i'm gonna have to wait another round for this hvt it wasn't the uh it wasn't the big hydra jaggy snake do you think anthem will be allowed the luxury of making mistakes in their end game or be given time to recover the same way that division was it all comes down to a lot of this is dependent upon people, and this is why I was so big on the combos not being in the demo. That like no, no, there was no tutorial about the combos. If people don't catch the vision for how fun the gameplay can be, it isn't gonna matter. It isn't gonna matter. All this discussion about the end game, all this discussion about micros, none of that matters if people don't catch the vision for this is when the gameplay loop is fun. Like, this is when the gameplay loop is fun. If if people don't catch that, if I keep seeing tweets and threads and things about how the guns feel weak and the enemies feel spongy, uh, you're not, you, you haven't caught the vision for how fun this game could be, man. You know? Bungie, man. These Destiny games, dude. I gotta use my guns a bunch? What? What is this? If you were playing Destiny that way, 
number one, I'd be very confused as to why you bought Destiny, but number two, your enjoyment of the game would be totally hindered, totally hindered by you not really landing in the lane of the content flow and the combat and the combat rhythms. So if you're if you if you're wanting this game to do well, if you want Anthem to be a success, then I think you have to you have to allow for the players to catch that vision of the content and that was one of the mistakes of the demo so my hope would be the 15th through the 22nd there's plenty of streams youtubes and exposure out there so that then number one priority right now from anthem all all marketing all trailers everything should be focused on education like passively educating the player base this is what it should, you know, this is what it should look like when you're playing. This is what you can do in the game. And think about it. They tried to do that at E3, and we all kind of laughed. Why did combo pop up? Combo, combo, combo. That looks so cheesy. And now we love it. We're like, oh my gosh, you want all those combos to show up. You feel, you feel awesome when you see all those combos show up. So, educating the public at large about if, you know... Hey, if you really felt like Anthem was was wasn't a game for you or the guns were too weak or the enemies were too strong, allow us to show you what most of the combat, you know, how the flow is supposed to go. And then you just kind of show people the abilities are complementary, there's combos, there's things you can do with your teammates that are really really fun and contrast the the fighting efficiency of teams just using guns to teams that are complementing each other with the right combos. People could start to see that and be like and again, this could work in the favor of Bioware. People could be like, now wait a minute, I didn't know any of that. Like like I did. When I got back from the thing, I was like, I didn't know any of this. And then I wanted to try it. So it could work in their favor. You could kind of put the word out like, attention everyone. Like, you were playing the game wrong. People might be like, well now I want to go back in and play. I wasn't playing right. It could. It could work as a marketing mechanic. I don't think they did that on purpose, but I think it could help them. Maybe. Uh, 11 months from Goop. Thank you, Goop. So close to a year, man. You're the best. Adermort says, uh, do you feel Anthem is missing uh, to take its fun factor to the next level? Oh, what do you feel? I actually really enjoy it. When I'm playing with a team and it's organized and I'm hearing combos popping up and I'm getting to do my ult a lot and I'm getting to try different builds, I'm having fun. Um... I'm having fun. Now they could be a little more prominent with the loot and the loot pickups because now I get excited when I see blues and greens, but I don't know if the loot's center stage enough. I don't want people loot gazing in the middle of missions. I like having to go back to the to the forts to get your loot. I think that's good. But you know, I I I think they could make it a little bit more center stage. I think there's latency. I don't know if there's latency that's on purpose or if it's because of the way the game is set up. Like, I run over loot and nothing happens. I get 10 feet from when I picked it up and now, cling, 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 it starts to hit my screen. Yeah, experientially, that's a little disjointed. You want that immediate sort of feedback of bling, 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 bling. Whoa, I just got a bunch of stuff. Like, you run over a pile. So, from a UI perspective, immediacy would be better on the feedback. And the the other thing they could do is make the actual things bigger on the ground. You know, like, oh, look, there's something on the ground over there. I'm going to go pick that up. There's a, there's a smallness to the items on the ground, and there's like a weird disconnected feel to when they pop up. 
So as a UI, from a UI standpoint, I think they could make that better. Edran Bunctious with 19 months and Kieran with nine months. Welcome back to the Rageless. JD Gamer, do you think Anthem is a is a bigger threat than Fortnite was during Vanilla D2 when everyone left the game due to lack of content? This is an extreme oversimplification as to why people stopped playing D2. Uh, I don't think the PvP crowd would have ran open into the open arms of Fortnite if Destiny 2 delivered a fun and good PvP where they could play Trials every weekend and have success. Right? And really track with me here whenever I said service streams were selling themselves short whenever I said that people that were doing the same thing over and over again were selling themselves short the people that left destiny and had success in Fortnite proved exactly what I've always said now they needed a playground to do it in they needed a game with with interest and demand and relevancy to do it right that was true but they kind of got they kind of got kicked out of the plane and they had to like sink or swim but there's there's levels to why those people left left destiny there are levels as to why they ran to fortnite so i don't think anthem seeing what happened as like fortnite being a quote unquote threat i first of all i don't think fortnite was a quote unquote threat i feel like fortnite was a warm, a warm hug as we as we threw off the wet blanket of Destiny too. It, it was like, it's fun over here, skill ceiling over here, skill expression over here. Come on in, you know. Uh, At Hun with 15 months, try the Anthem demo. I wish the page that was supposed to show me how to control my javelin actually worked. Made the demo more frustrating than it needed to be. Yeah, they a couple of uh, a couple of things that they could have done with. A couple of things that they could have done with the UI and the tutorials would have helped significantly. Would have helped significantly. Zach says, um, wait, hang on. Did I answer that one? Yeah, I answered that one. Zach says, what kind of stigma does it bring, bring when the lead producer addressed concerns about the Ash Titan world event by saying, I've not beaten one on Grandmaster 3 yet? Um, well, I don't understand why this would create a stigma. He's saying it's really hard. There's a, There's there's like levels to the to the content here and I'm in here I, I I'm working on the game I'm around the game and I haven't I haven't beat an ash Titan now are you saying that creates stigmas if like they think that's like the pinnacle version of the end game again I read that and I read that him as saying he's he's responding to folks saying it was too easy and he's saying well you're you're not you're not actually playing the full version of the game yet. You're not playing the end game yet. And and this is a tweet that's going to be included in the next conversation, the next SNCR principle we're going to do about the actual uh, storm event. Michael Gamble said that the thing they did was that was the shaper technology starting to go off the rails. Weird things pop up, more dangerous creatures creatures fill the land. But oh oh no, that was not the worst that it gets. We saw the tip of the iceberg. Um. So, guys, if anybody is ever harassing you in whispers, it's very easy to block them. Go to your chat, type forward slash ignore, and then just type out their username. There is someone here right now that is just pathetic. They don't, they they have nothing to do with their life or time, so they're hanging out here. Just be confident and know that you're enjoying yourself and they're not. So, you, you, you win, you win that race in the human existence. 
So, yeah, I take this statement as a good thing. Uh, Dutchmaster, how much of a threat do you really think Anthem will pose to D2S players? Answer this question ten times over. Uh, more X-Score. Do you think Destiny 2 would ever let us equip multiple exotic armor pieces and weapons at once? I can see mix and matching masterworks and a ton of fun. Okay, here's the problem. You can't put that, you can't put that genie back in the bottle if you let it out. You cannot put that genie back in the bottle because people that played the Blitz version of Fortnite hated to go back to normal. If you play Mayhem a bunch, it makes going back to normal PvP kind of jolting. Now, if you're an intelligent player, maybe not. Maybe you you enjoy Mayhem in small doses, but it gets a little mindless, right? It gets very tradey. I, I do think, though, that this, this would be tough to dial back. We let you do all this. We let you do all these crazy combinations, and then they take it away like it's temporary or something. Or you're just saying, let us equip it all the time. Okay, here's the problem with that. If we can equip multiple exotics at once, legendary weapons would become almost a moot point. Like, why would you ever wear do anything other than just have an entire stack to the rafters, top to bottom exotic build, right? And this is where I've talked before about too much freedom is a bad thing. Too much freedom is a bad thing. You, you, cannot, uh, you cannot say, let us do whatever we want, because eventually that comes to a head. Eventually, it's like, and this came up when, this came up once when I said that it was good for them to take the Escalation Protocol shotgun and make it solar, and people got really mad, and I said, limiting your freedom in this case is a good decision, because one of two things would have happened. If you would have been able to equip Tractor Cannon in the Heavy, and Ikelos Shotgun in the Secondary Slot, and Ikelos Shotgun was Void you would have been able to do insane damage output that would have done one of two things it would have made end game content in boss fights a complete and utter joke more so than they are now more so than a lot of the boss fights in last wish are you just be able to completely just obliterate everything or they would have had to build all of the content for that damage threshold meaning the equipable sort of loadouts required for endgame challenges would have been pretty narrow you gotta run tractor cannon and the escalation protocol shotgun so you do one of two things you either give us all that freedom and you nullify endgame challenge because we're too strong tractor cannon plus avoid escalation protocol shotgun would have been broken it would have been broken you talk about melting and gambit being a problem g-mini freaking christmas that would have been broken or they would have to make and craft bosses and damage thresholds to be in line with that damage output, which means if you want to run optimum damage for the challenging content, you got to run that loadout. Everybody runs the same loadout. That is where freedom starts to fold in on itself, and you don't actually have choices or loadout decisions. Like, you should have some pain in your loadout decision. That happens in Anthem, right? You're like, oh, I want to run this and this. I kind of, I can't. They're in the same slot. Like you, you, there's limitations on what you can equip and where, and having that in Destiny is important. If you could run, if you could run, the the the, the Whisper and Telesto and Yoten, and then you know another exotic up here, it would just be ludicrous. You would you would get into what I call the theater of the absurd. Glurak says, do you feel that if endgame loot doesn't have an exotic equivalent uh, with crazy out there weapons, the grind won't feel worth it? Uh, There's already a lot of endgame loot that's been looked at that's going to really, really change the nature of how strong you are, and so I'm I'm hoping that that, that's going to be enough. And again, Grandmaster 3 is wild as far as how hard everything gets, how strong everything gets. Rudum, 
You think gear set bonuses like two pieces of gear give you this, four pieces of gear give you that would make the loot chase better in Destiny 2? This is this is right here is where Destiny's structure of challenge is lacking. If right now I could have set bonuses, if I could have set bonuses, why would I need them? What pain point would it be meeting? Where do I need to be stronger in Destiny? The answer to that question is you nowhere. There's like there's not really instances where I need to be stronger in Destiny. So like it th- then then that hurts the incentive. Now, if you bring over the difficulty spectrum that we see in Anthem, suddenly those set bonuses, squeezing more power out of my weapons, suddenly that matters because I need to be stronger. I need to buff these guns. I need to get these investment paths going so then I can up the difficulty. When I up the difficulty, I'll get more of the resources. I'll get more of the necessary drops to get these set bonuses, to get this increase in damage. Min-maxing in Destiny wouldn't work, though, I don't think. I don't think that's the style of game. I think they could do things to satisfy the hardcore player with difficulty spectrum, but I think if you suddenly if you suddenly add these paths of investment for us where we're creating that min-maxing mentality where I'm squeezing as much damage as I can out of my build because I raise the difficulty there's just a lot of danger there in them spending lots of time developing something that very few people would engage with now if you start from the beginning like that the way Anthem has you're just set up man it's a smart play you're, every piece of content can meet you where you are so you always feel that sense that the game is with you and relevant but Destiny didn't start that way we're four years down the line it'd be tough to reinvent all that uh, thank you Trevster for 100 bits it could help elect classes boss classes boss uh, it could help people feel different you, your sentence makes no sense where to be stronger I have an answer it could help elect classes boss I don't know what you're saying bro I Maybe try again. Thank you for the bits, but I'm trying to understand what you're saying. It it doesn't make sense. Rusty says, I'm personally worried that after Star Wars Battlefront 2, EA will cut Anthem support if it doesn't sell well enough or if the microtransactions don't sell well enough. With so many people saying they will take a wait-and-see approach to Anthem, what do you think of the possibility that players will show up too late for EA to continue supporting the game? Um... I, yeah, there's obviously some, some, some danger here. They've let us see a lot, right? They've let us see a lot. They've let us see the game. They've let a lot of people see into the structures of the, 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 the difficulty and the, and the gear. And then there's the 15, there's the week long preview that you're going to get to see on Twitch and YouTube full game, you know, on the 15th PC players streaming in YouTube full game exposure there's risk when you do that big time that's why I feel like the game is gonna be good they've I don't know I I think they had to anticipate some of the pushback and blowback on micros they probably anticipated pushback and blowback on like well what is the end game how much is there I think they anticipated that they had to they, they have to be confident if they're going to let us try the game through their EA Premier Access or EA Access, you could try the game on the launch date. If you do EA Access on Xbox or the or the or the Origin Premier Access on PC, you can try the game 
with their subscription service and cancel if you don't like it. I don't know, man. That seems like they really think people are going to buy this game and like it. Because if, if you're hoping to just make a bunch of sales on the front end and then just abandon the game later if it doesn't do well with micros, they're not doing a very good job of hiding the game and keeping it shrouded in mystery. Dave with eight months, welcome back. Right? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like if they were really trying to push sales and really trying to keep things under the lid and they had us all come out for a capture event and didn't let us show that much footage and had a bunch of stuff embargoed, then I'd be more worried. But I'm like, man, they have shown us a lot. They have shown us a lot. So, and maybe they're just rolling the dice and saying the more people talking about Anthem, the more mouths that are uttering the phrase Anthem, the more people that are hearing about our game, the more people that are likely to try it. And if we could just fill that funnel full of people, they'll get in, love it, get addicted, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have a player base. So... They have to release it eventually. They've already gotten most of the, the sales they're going to for release. There's literally no way for you to know that. Like, there are no reports to inform what you're saying. Initial sales could largely come that first week after people watch a week of, of content, of streams and YouTube. Um, you know? I don't know how pre-orders are going. We I don't know. We don't know. Distracted Nerd, do you know if Anthem has a plan to do more DLC expansions after launch? I'd like to see content releases every few months. Yeah, they have plans to expand the game and all all, all things that are going to expand the world story and all the features that they're going to be adding, it's all free of charge. You don't, have to, you don't have to pay for any of it. Ice to Black, do you feel EA should have a return policy similar to Steam? Um, return policies get real real funny because people could largely people could buy anthem no life it for a month get all four javelins kind of stacked to the rafters and then ask for a return you got to have an hour you have to have like hours invested here's the problem with a return policy on games like anthem if you feel that sense of pressure like okay once i hit four four hours in one minute i can't return this game is the four hours enough for you to really get a good sample? Or would people play it for two or three, be like, I don't get it, I'm not invested, give me my money back. Um, it just, it gets real, real dangerous. I don't think there's a hard and fast standard. Some games are different. You know, four hours of Ori in the Blind Forest and you're halfway through the game. So, EA does have one. If any time, 24 hours after you buy it, I believe. I Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't know how that works. Uh... So, I think within within 24 hours is reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I think if you boot up a game and within 24 hours, you're like, this game just isn't for me, you could return it. The problem is, when you have that type of return policy, you really run the risk of people buying the game and saying, they play it for an hour, and every 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 single point of frustration, every death, every anything that might confuse them, is just like a, ah, I'm just going to return this. I'm just going to return this. When somebody's like, I can't return this, I'm in, I'm invested for the 60, they'll probably play for a longer period of time and really give it a fair shake. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I I worry. I'm not saying they shouldn't have a return policy. I'm not trying to be anti-consumer here. I would worry that your return policy grates against the player actually investing the time necessary to experience the game. Uh, copied from a Kotaku article, you can return game downloads for full refunds within 24 hours of the first time you launch the game, within 7 days from when you purchase it, or within the first 7 days after a game's release if you pre-ordered, whichever happens first. I don't understand, so why do they say, 
full refunds within 24 hours of the first time you launch the game within 7 days from when you purchase it so if you never touch it oh so within 7 days you've got whenever you first boot it up you got 24 hours uh, or within the first 7 days after the game's release of if, if you pre-ordered uh, whichever happens first I get it okay yeah again again I would just be concerned that it sounds anti-consumer but I kind of want to be like you've really got to give it you're more likely to give a game a fair shake and invest time if you if you are like I, I'm i not under a time crunch I'm not under a time crunch if you're like in 24 hours I gotta figure out if I like this game or not I don't know that's just scary to me because I feel like a lot of people would, would just abandon ship within 2 hours and be like ah, nah I don't want to risk it I'm just going to get a return Simeron Twitch, how will the alliance system affect the economy? I have z- I have no idea. Nate Walls, I only play the Anthem demo sparingly due to some conflicts. Do you think there will be weapons with designated perks and abilities similar to exotic weapons in Destiny? I only found rare blue. Oh, I'm sure there will be, yes. There's six layers of, of weapons, so we got all the way up to blue. After blue, there's purple, orange, green. Legendaries are green, masterworks are like orange, and then the purple is epic. So it goes epic, then masterwork, then legendary, like all the way to the tippity top. So we only got to see half of the spectrum. So we saw like the the, the bottom of the barrel kind of trash that you end up not using later in the game. Think about it like in Destiny, you have whites, greens, and blues. We don't touch those now, right? Now we use our legendaries and exotics. That's it. We're always in the top of the tier and we haven't seen the top of the tier. Not a lot of the top of the tier uh, in Anthem. Alpha Divine. There's been rumors and talk Destiny 1 being remastered due to Destiny 3 running on D1's game engine. What would you want that? I don't know where in the frick you heard this. I don't see Destiny 3 being on D1's engine because the engine was modified for Destiny 2. Backtracking would be incredibly strange. Um, I don't know where you heard this. D1 being remastered I think is like a thin hope that we all have. But I don't... I don't don't know, dude. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, it's a lime green. I'm sorry. It is. It's like a lime green. I'm sorry. It is white, green, blue, purple, orange, lime green. Sorry. Sorry. Um, left side. Do you know if they are doing something other than just modifying health and damage when you change difficulty, different mobs, different locations, objectives, etc.? Don't really like a health and damage is the only thing. Well, the fights are going to completely change because a lot of the times you can either stay by yourself or fight alone or just fly past the mob. So, like, the fights themselves are going to take on a different structure. But, yes, that's primarily the difference. Now, I agree with you. It would be nice if there was a little bit more that goes into it. But I do kind of like the the idea of memorizing the content and coming up with the game plan before you go in instead of getting blindsided by, like, new mechanics. I think there's pros and cons to it just being, you know, health and health and damage. Uh, Unwit says, now that I've actually got my hands on Anthem, it feels great, and the content seems strong for at least the beginning, although the one thing I'm fearful of now is connectivity and difficult UI. Are these fears justified? Well, connectivity is justified, but they stabilize, and that's just going to get better with time. It was a demo, and the difference between the VIP demo and the public demo was was pretty dramatically better. Now, as far as you being worried about confusing UI, I UI is not confusing after like maybe 30 minutes or an hour of play. 
here's here's what I think happens. Okay, here's what I think happens. I think people boot up a boot up a game that's unfamiliar, and because it's unfamiliar, they assume that's bad UI. I I I don't know. Every time I've ever played a game, I have that initial sort of mental rejection of the UI. I'm like, the frick? Where is this? Where is that? And then an hour or two later, everything's familiar, and I know where to go with my buttons and my and my my navigation. I I don't know. I didn't feel anything confusing about the UI. Wicked Haiku, how do you feel about the lack of guild clan system at launch? Additionally, lack of social overworld or hub. Um, I'm not sure about the lack of the guild clan system. I thought that was in there, but maybe it's coming later. And then the social overworld or hub. I just don't feel like it's that 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 kind of game. I don't need that, you know. So. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if 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 that's needed. I like they're they're adding the social hub. They are adding the social hub, but I don't feel like I don't feel like that's needed. I don't feel like that's needed. Launch bay is a social hub. Is that where you do the social hub thing? They said they heard the community about the lack of a social hub and they said they were adding one. So a button monot- uh button mantra. Based on your attendance to the event would you bullet point as the good points and bad points of Anthem as of today? Well, I mean, we're kind of under the subject of worried about Anthem. Should Destiny be worried about Anthem? So I don't really want to answer this question exhaustively. I had my initial impressions, and I've kind of outlined how I think the two main pillars are in place. For a game like this to get off the ground, a game as service, a loot pursuit game, you need very satisfying gameplay because you know you're going to be running a repetitive content loop. That's true in Monster Hunter, Diablo, Destiny, right? I'm going to run a content loop. So the gameplay needs to be fun and satisfying, and then... There needs to be depth of grind. I believe those two pillars are well in place. So, watch streams if you're not sure. Don't pre-order based on my word. But I went to the event knowing nothing and being very apprehensive. And within a couple hours, I was very satisfied with the gameplay. And I wasn't even playing right. Right? I wasn't even playing with the combo system. I was doing boots on ground, you know, shooter stuff. Dominator, the gameplay is really fun after playing it, but from what we know, there are only three strongholds, and I feel like that's not enough. Do you think the game will last if nothing's added after a month? We dealt with this ad nauseum uh, today. We dealt with this quite a bit. I think when people see only three strongholds, they're thinking like a Destiny player. In Destiny, when you get to the end game, you only do nightfalls and raids, right? So people are like, oh, only three strongholds and no, and no raid? What the frick? It's a different structure of game. The game comes with you. There's contracts, there's challenges, there's the free play, there's the events in the free play world, there's the dungeons in the free play world, there's the missions, there's the strongholds. All of those things are relevant to where you are in the world because you set the you set the difficulty level there. Uh, Flex TV. Considering endgame content and the availability for it once reached and on a comparison level to other titles that may cost the same but only have 23 hours of gameplay, do you think that the bar might be set slightly high for Anthem as opposed to a title like Resident Evil? In essence, a month worth of gameplay and grinding before content becomes stale would be perceived as value for money regardless. I hope this is not the case, but the comparison to... to destiny the comparison to destiny has to be made at all times i don't uh i don't think it has to be made at all times i completely disagree with that but you're saying considering end game content and the availability for it once to reach and on a comparison level to other titles that may cost the same but only have 23 hours of play do you think that the bar might be set slightly high for anthem as opposed to a title like resident evil why are you comparing this to resident evil 
this question is so dissonant and confused. Like I'm con- like, why are we even making these comparisons? And then at the end saying the comparison to destiny has to be made at all times. Um, I, this question, it doesn't make any sense. I'm skipping it. It's very jam packed full of different themes and non-connected things. I'm that is a, I don't, I don't get it. How could the bar set be too high? I don't know. Bullseye, I'm not really worried about the end game and longevity of Anthem. Four javelins, three main builds for each, three to four elemental options for those, three to twelve possible main build per javelin. Um, do you think that people criticizing don't really have a lot of experience with loot-based games? This is actually a good question. I think, like I said, people are looking at it and wanting it to be just like Destiny. So they're like, what? Only three strongholds? And then people that haven't played loot-based games like Diablo, where there's a content loop, are like, it's going to be too repetitive. I do think some people are approaching games these days, and they want it to be the game for everybody. And so they approach a game that has its identity firmly rooted in difficulty spectrum and loot, and then, you know, that is... That's a challenge. He's saying single player 20 to 30 hour games cost the same, but Destiny is 300 to 500 hour games and people complain. I still don't think that was his question. That Nothing in his question said that. It said, is the bar set too high? Or is he saying, are people setting the bar too high for Anthem? Maybe that's what he meant. I Yeah, I agree. People buy a game like Tomb Raider or Resident Evil. They spend 60 bucks. They play it for at most 16 to 20 hours, and then they put it down and they're fine with it. People buy a full game like Anthem, and they, they, they play it for 50 to 100 hours before they're probably even remotely ready to be considered like in the end game grind. And then even once they're in the endgame grind, that's where the rest of the game kind of exists for them. And they're like, this is too expensive, or this is not enough, or micros are a ripoff. It's like, it's not even a value comparison at all as far as how much time you get out of the game. Do you know if we'll be able to recycle through story missions for specific loot? There is no specific loot. Recycling through story missions is a question I don't have an answer to. Unwit says, can we get random loot in the world in free play? Yes, you can. Void Star. A big thing for me is matchmaking. I think the matchmaking in Destiny is way behind. I don't think you should limit the potential of meeting new people and making friends in games like Destiny and Anthem. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's tough when you've built a game like Destiny that does really appeal to casual players because it's just so fun and easy and satisfying to play and if you take those players and you shove them into Nightfalls together it could be bad or raids right Dave223 resub with 8 months and then 10 months from I am uh, Melee thank you very much so I do think that You've got to be careful. I, I think the matchmaking for everything in Anthem is going to have chances for frustration. Somebody clicks on hard or masterwork and they just want... This This is going to happen. Trust me. This will happen. It happens in Destiny. It's going to happen in Anthem. There are going to be people that throw themselves into hard and Grandmaster 1 and just they're way too weak and they and they are looking forward to the carry. They're going to expect that the the higher skilled players, the more the more kitted characters and players to carry them, and they're going to sit in the back and hide like a douche. Um, so, I would hope that there might be a contribution factor. Like, if you land firmly under a certain 
um, a certain damage threshold, if you're not contributing, then that should hinder your loot drops. You should be in the mix, you should be contributing, you should be playing. And so, but I think anchor players are going to be very, very normal. So, like, which do you want? Do you want the potential of running into anchor players, or do you want endgame content to be a little bit more protected? It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Both have their pros and cons. In Destiny, it's tough to get into Nightfalls, and it's tough to get into to raids if you don't have buds. If they did matchmaking for all those, there would be anchor dum-dums that just expect to be carried because they don't feel like playing. They freaking do it with bots and macros anyway in Gambit whenever they had to play 40 games. They do it now just for free loot in the Forge. I don't know. Arguing which is better is tough. Wicked Haiku. Any quality of life gameplay changes you want to see for Anthem based off the demo experience? I've already answered this. um, So, D-Pad Dad. With Anthem not far from release, I just wanted to ask if you had much of a chance to experience squad play. Yeah, I played tons of squad play. I think it's great. And the co-op aspects of it and the complimentary aspects of it is good iNation24, what's your favorite piece of endgame content and how do you think that would apply to other games like Anthem? I really like raids and I really miss running them as a streamer. I just think they're bad content because I just, I go, what I'm good at, and that's subjective, right? But what I'm good at and what I offer is constant dialogue and interaction, and I can't do that in raids. But I do miss raids. Uh, I also really, really just like, I like mindless loops. I just do. I just like a mindless loop. Just run it over and over again, try and get dope stuff. So. I feel like that's going to be in the game, you know? So, Bloodshed. Do you believe the difficulty Grandmaster 1, 2, and 3 will be like Diablo's? Uh, looks very similar, yeah. Function FN. Would Destiny have had a similar level endgame, bring the game with you type content if they consistently did what they did with Prestige Levy? Make the light level advantage negligible. How do you think Anthem will be different in terms of artificial difficulty scaling? Well, the difference is, is that the, you are able to meet and surpass Grandmaster 1 and 2. You're able to meet and surpass hard. That's the difference. I think that with 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 Prestige Leviathan, it was just like, it's it's hard. It's it's out of your reach. And it was always going to be deltaed. It was just different. You know? Uh, Evil Clown says, do you think Anthem's going to introduce a new trend when the first... With the first to third person instead of third to first person shooter. I don't know what you mean by this. Um, you mean like how it's first person when you're in the ta- the, the Ford and then it goes to third person? They're introduced a new trend. Oh, and then in Destiny you're in first person and third person. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a true statement if they are the first to introduce it. Death Starfish. Lono, I think there's more of a learning opportunity for Bungie. See what type of things keep bringing people back. Gameplay loop, loot, and level difficulty. Do you think Bungie will be willing to learn from Anthem or is Bungie not worried? If you're trying to keep people in your game and there's another game that's doing something somewhat similar and they do a really good job of keeping people in the game, yeah. Yeah, I could see them doing a community summit that I won't get invited to, and then they'll say, <laughs> they'll say, why are you guys playing Anthem so much? What made you play Anthem so much? If Anthem's successful, same thing with Division 2, right? They would say, what, why, why did you, why did you invest that many hours into Anthem? Why did you put Destiny down? What's the difference for you? Can you quantify it? And then they would listen to the community, you know? 
Unwit said, Do you think that the enemies need to be a little more complicated than they already are? Currently, it just seems like smaller enemies are brain dead. AI and Anthem supposed to be getting tweaked, so... Yeah. Bloodshed, are you happy that there'll be no PvP at launch? Yes, I don't want PvP in Anthem. I think it would hurt the game, and we don't want it. That's not the game's identity. Ruthless Blackskin, the thing with me and is that Destiny has been on the chopping block because of what happened with the release of D2, and they have caused nothing but annoyance and anger through their community because they say they want to be open, but they really aren't. I think this is unfounded. Anthem developers are open and active with their community. They're showing they care. I think that's what poses more of a threat to Destiny. I think you're falsely summarizing the communication we've gotten since they started marketing Forsaken. The beginning of when they started marketing Forsaken, the annual pass, the blogs, the tweets, I feel like their transparency about updates, what's on their radar, what they're going to try and fix, I feel like Bungie's actually been doing a very good job. I think they hit the standard. I don't think they're below the standard of, of transparency and communication. Saying that they've they've caused nothing but annoyance and anger through their community. I I I'm again. I think with the marketing and the launching of Forsaken, there was a shift in how often they were talking to us and how often they were wanting to try to update and make changes. I've been following this game and covering it for. It's been out for four years. I've been covering it and making YouTube videos for three years, and I've never seen this consistency of both content coming into the game but also communication I think they're in a much better place so I agree with you if other games are really having better better communication and they're adapting the game more quickly to what the community wants that does kind of like hey come on you know Bungie let's get with it but I feel like they've done a pretty good job listening to us and making adaptations I think the problem is the game's not split down the middle so PvP players got their way with shards but now the PvE guys feel like you know shards and Blade Barrage is weaker Ben Mew 1988 do you think people would look at this game differently if they showed full end game builds and how the game can work as a team that's dangerous that's dangerous you don't want people to see all that now you don't want to give all that away I think we've seen potential I think seeing potential is better than seeing it realized you don't want to kind of spoil that mystery Loke K did you play many of the other Mass Effect games how do you feel this will be similar or different I played the other Mass Effect games I don't see a lot of similarities other than the movement and combat from Andromeda Wicked Haiku do you feel like the difficulty in Anthem is justified though talking about Escara and Ash Titans what do you mean justified we we were killing them on patrol those are meant to be end game we weren't presently really at end game difficulty so they they took a long time to kill I would imagine that Shaper Storms are really meant for players that are, you know, kind of geared out of their mind, or maybe just go into the public space on pace, go into the public space on easy or normal. I went in on hard, and we were able to kill them. So I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, Turtle Woo, do you think D3 should expand private matches to like Halo Reach like system? I don't know if that's a big priority. I don't know. That's too far out in the future to speculate. Secret Agent. Are you concerned that Anthem is a, is following the Destiny pattern? Not a good year one, incomplete, but then a great year two? Game's not even out yet, so this question can't be answered. The West, you know. It seems as if Anthem's gameplay loop is pretty solid at this point. What are your thoughts on the amount of endgame? Three strongholds, mysterious shaper storms is enough. I've commented on this already. I'm going to do a whole talk on it, though. A whole talk on the endgame. Trevster. Hey, just trying to understand your stance. So you're saying you don't expect a drop-in player base with the launch of Anthem in D2? Do you... 
you don't expect a drop in player base with the launch of Anthem and D2. Nope, never said that. Never even intimated that. I actually anticipated that in another video and another talk. Uh, I think time allotment will still uh, a significant will steal a significant amount of players just because players won't be able to pick up the three, so they'll pick up their fave. I was very careful with how I worded my 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 argument. I said that. Gamers do not permanently abandon established franchises. That was my position. I do not believe people permanently pivot. I believe they f- they ebb and they flow. And that's why I ultimately believe these these games will be complementary. People will play Anthem, they'll hit a ceiling, they'll come back. They'll play that, they'll hit a ceiling, they'll come back. Destiny will feel fresh, there'll be new things to do. I end up missing the gunplay and the feel of Destiny. I never said there won't be a drop in player base, not once. In fact, I said the exact opposite. I anticipate a player base drop. Destiny 2's player base drop when Red Dead Redemption came out for crying out loud. Like, it's gonna happen. It's normal. I said people do not permanently leave an established franchise because another game that's somewhat similar comes out. And in fact, they're so different, I believe many will run over, play it like a shooter, boots on the ground, and be like, this sucks, I don't like it, and they'll come running back to Destiny. That happened with Division because it was spongy. Bayaku says, Honestly, I'm not worried about content. They always add more content, but I am worried about the bugs. From the marketing standpoint, it makes absolutely no sense to release a demo that was filled with bugs. Three months old, maybe, but still a stupid decision. Your thoughts? I don't think it's a stupid decision to let people see your product early unless it's completely and utterly broken. The VIP demo was pretty bad, but the public demo ran significantly better. I mean, it's a risk. It's a risk every any way you look at it. I mean, I you know, should they have done it? Should they have not have? Should they have waited? It's hard to say. If everybody's talking about your game, okay, the question is this. How many extra people heard about Anthem and got exposed to Anthem as a game and a concept? How many? Right? How many millions of people because of the blogs, the tweets, the videos, the YouTube, all that, okay? Now compare that to how many people played the game and had an experience that was bad enough to drive them away from purchase. You got to pit those two against each other. I happen to think the number of people that heard about the game got exposed to the game and are considering buying it now because of like it's it's again it's a PR machine. I think that number is really really high. I think the number of people that are completely like nope, never buying it, game's bad, it had bugs and glitches, I'm out. I think those I think they gained more than they lost personally. Uh, MDK Dragon. As far as I know, there are more things to come post-launch with an announcement about that coming out. So there is the notion that there uh, that there is no endgame content. What are the game's endgame is the supposed lack of endgame being compared to? Well, th- that's why this discussion is so important. Is it a threat to Destiny, right? Is it a threat to Destiny? No, because I think Destiny's endgame structure is completely and utterly different than how they've structured Anthem's endgame. Right? So I feel like you're going to see... I feel like you're going to see this this natural sort of ebb and flow and pivot between the two because they'll you'll get to a point where you're kind of done with the end game and anthem and you'll kind of swing back to destiny and you'll kind of swing back and forth. Um, so, uh, Loke K, uh, I think if your career is to play video games on stream, I'd be hyped for something different. Do you think this is a factor for your enthusiasm? I don't think so. No, because I. I'll be honest with you Destiny's been very good to me and what is home and what is safe and what is familiar is a lot easier to interact with and plant my flag in do you know what I'm saying there's a lot of risk in diversification there's a lot of risk in in branching out into other games 
so I I don't think I think you have a misunderstanding of what streamers look for. Your career is to play video games on stream. I'd be hyped for something different. I, dude, I'm telling you, I've been doing this for three and a half years. Something different and something exciting. Do you know how many really, really good games I haven't gotten to finish because the response from viewership is garbage? Do you know how many really, really good games I haven't been able to like really plant my flag in and play them exhaustively because people refuse to watch anything other than Destiny? Like That's been really, really difficult and also frustrating. It's also created this in desire in me to continue to diversify, branch out, and build enough value to carry people into other games. So this idea that like you're automatically hyped and enthusiastic because it's new and fresh, I don't know if that's necessarily been the pattern of my career. So... I like loot-based games. I played the crap out of Borderlands 1 and 2 before I was ever a streamer. I love games like that. I, you know, I can show you my my Xbox badass rank in Borderlands 2 to show you. I don't I think I got into like the 70 or the 80,000s. I played a lot. I mean, I logged a lot of hours in that game. So that's just the type of gamer I am. So when I play a game that the the, the experience, the combat felt new as a gamer, I was like this is exciting. I've never played a game like this. And as somebody who loves to chase loot, I start seeing the colors of the loot drop. I start seeing the build possibilities. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to play this. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's just something there that, like, pulls me in. Electric Serial. What are the chances of these games, Destiny, Anthem, Warframe, etc., ever doing crossover events like Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy? I don't know. I highly doubt it'll ever happen. Sleeper says, I think there is more than enough space for both to coexist, but the combat of the Interceptor has me hooked. Do you think Bungie may make classes feel more their own thing? No, I don't think so. I mean, now, I hope in Destiny 3, as I said in another video, they drill down in the attunements so I can invest in an attunement. The example I give was like Way of a Thousand Cuts. You invest down in Knife Trick, and you make your Knife Trick come back really fast, and I make my Knife Trick do high damage, low refresh rate. Or this guy over here makes his Knife Trick do like medium refresh rate burn damage. Like There's different ways to drill down into Knife Trick. I would like to see them do that. But it's still primarily a shooter game. Uh, Sir Patty Cakes, do you feel the graphics from Anthem shows how Destiny needs a new engine? Uh, Anthem is great on PC and it's okay on console. It's not blowing anybody's hair back on console. They gotta they gotta dumb it down quite a bit on uh, on console. So I don't think the graphical fidelity of Destiny is actually phenomenal given how old the engine is it really really is destiny looks absolutely beautiful their use of textures lighting the sound design is so good in destiny 2 i actually think that they've done a really really good job of squeezing the absolute life out of this engine (laughs) so i don't think that's that's a that's a problem or an example of the engine differences Unsung with a brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageous. Thank you so much for using your Prime sub here. A lot of people have done that. Guys, if you're here live right now and enjoying the content, a free way to support me is to click the follow button. We do this question and answer format on a regular basis. We're going to be doing another one here in a little bit about Anthem. We're getting a bit of Anthem both, but the Anthem talk is going to be very, very different. It's going to be about the Shaper Storm event tease that they did. Melodic Gamer puts on spin foil hat. Do you think there is a realm of possibility that titles acquired in D2's lifespan may result in story environmental changes in the next standalone Destiny game? Not the Taken Queen. For example, having the Rivensbane title now could result in additional harder exclusive content or story progression in the standalone Destiny game. 
I have no idea. This is like, I don't even know why you're putting on your spin foil hat to this. Um, titles acquired could result in story and environmental changes for the very small margin of people that got the titles. Uh, doubtful. Um, Frank says, Hey Lono, thanks for the quality content. My question is, do you think demos or betas are hurting games more than they are helping them recently? You would need to give me examples of betas and demos that have hurt games, and we would need to look at how well Anthem does. Because, again, the question is not, are there people that are like, I'm not going to buy the game now, VIP, demo, public demo was terrible. How many people heard about the game because of the demo who are now interested in are you casting a wide enough net to make up for any potential losses so uh porto after the loot box controversy assuming anthem can make the direct purchase microtransaction a viable solution for future dlc do you think we would see more in more games or do you see any downsides I think there's going to be a variety of models that start to come out. It's going to really be dependent on what works. ESO's model, I think, is working. Destiny's changing their model. The annual pass model is different. And then you have Anthem's model. Then you have subscription models like World of Warcraft. I think there's going to be a lot of experimentation in the coming years. Warlock. With the state of Crucible right now, the positivity, uh, the possibility of Trials not coming back, do you think Anthem implements PvP? It could hurt Destiny player base? No, because Anthem's not built for PvP right now. It would take a long time, and it would be such a very, very, very different PvP experience. I don't think it would pose any threat. Swagging King, do you think that the Taken public events on Earth can take you to the IOA Whisper since it's the exact same thing? No, they've made that clear. You have to be on IO for that. Uh, it literally spawns a portal. Uh, Brennau with the brand new sub. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Rageless. Or Bru- Bruno. Bruno, I'm sorry. Bruno with a brand new sub. Uh, Mentet Canias, uh, Canis says, Do you think we saw the majority of weapons and skills in the demo? Or do you think we will see unique and different skills with just more power levels? I think they're going to trickle out a lot of different stuff. I think the weapon system is is pretty uh, pretty narrow and the abilities are pretty limited. I could see in a year's time having twice the amount of everything. Instead of five five abilities per slot for every class, ten. And instead of, you know, whatever it is, the, the, the six weapon types that are in the game, I could see there being twelve. Because of the way they built it and its mech and it's bombastic, they could really, really blow the lid off. Because there's no PvP. Merkso. Isn't there room for both games? While it might not be the best or most efficient per time, inevitably, content will just get the grind for each and being able to trade in time in between the events such as could be easy to balance if anything other lifestyle games coming out this year could be cause for concern no I don't think so because again I think people will pivot between the two Rome with a brand new prime sub welcome to the rages thank you guys for all the new subs all the prime subs and all the follows if you're clicking follow thank you for that uh, Mr. DeBergie what's a good way to transition to a third person shooter like Division 2 or Anthem when you're used to the great first person of Destiny it's hard to transition for me uh, as a first-person fan, I actually have no idea what advice to give you. I would maybe say be patient. Like, just play for a couple of days and see if you don't adapt. Do you know what I'm saying? I, maybe give it time. Give time for your brain to adapt. I don't know. I don't really have tips on how to get through that. Matrix, do you think Anthem, if Anthem is successful, it will influence content development for Destiny? We've already had this question. I could definitely see it influencing it. Yes. Uh, Alpha Omega. Hi, Lono. Do you think Destiny PvP would benefit from non-exotic armor mode? No. The minute you start ripping out stuff that people loot for, you're hurting the identity of Destiny. No. Uh, the guy with gun. What if the Drifter is bringing back Challenge Velders? I 
have zero clue why he would do this. I mean, he is attached to the Prison of Elders Warden of Nothing strike, so maybe. Trevster, so I know you don't like the toxicity of merging games, but don't you think Destiny can learn something from a dev? Maybe doing it better. Division's Loot Pursuit equals much better. Anthem's classes complementing each other equals much better. Destiny does a lot well, but there's people who do some things better. Okay? Um, so... This is an easy question to answer. Your question is, amidst all of the other things, don't you think Destiny can learn something from a dev doing something better? Yes. I think anytime a company can create maybe longer loot grind or better drip feed, you can learn from that. That's like super easy to answer. That's kind of a given, right? No, they can't learn from it. No way. Like, of course they can. Uh, all games are learning from each other. Wombly Pond. Is there anything we've seen from Anthem that Bungie can adopt to improve D2? Yes. Difficulty Spectrum. Tech Sarge. Do you think it could be Warframe-ish and get more javelins? Uh, do you think... Did you, Could you... Terrible question. Not even phrased properly. I, what do you want me to say to that? More javelins and could it become more Warframe-ish? I mean, how am I supposed to even speculate about that? But we are supposed to be getting more javelins. Uh, where's Fester? Do you think it's too late for Destiny to implement elemental combo like Anthem? It would be like two copy pasta. I don't think we need that. Scalf, where do you collect lost loot if you've disconnected from the game and it crashes? In Anthem, go back into the public space and then leave. You basically need to get to the extraction screen to get your loot back. T-Funk, this might be an Anthem question, so if I ask it, uh, so I can ask it again later. Do you think the staircase difficulty section will be wide enough variety of content to fit the player base they are trying to cater to? Yes. Here's why. We know that the casual player base in Destiny largely does public event stuff. Strikes. Very, very low level content. Okay? They just kind of stay there. They just hover there. You can do that in Anthem. You can slowly increase the difficulty too as you level up if you feel like suddenly making your free play sessions hard. If you suddenly feel like doing that, you know, to the stronghold. Strongholds on normal are pretty basic and they're getting loot. They're staying down there. They're hovering. They're going from free play. They're doing they're doing contracts. They're doing missions. They're doing the public stuff that they're doing. The Shaper Storms. They're, they're staying down here. So that that is definitely something that you get to then level up to you're like well i don't really feel like it but they can if they want that spectrum of player you know lands on it so i think it's fine for the for the 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 broad spectrum of player didn't a lot of us call difficulty level false content i mean we complained about heroic raids weren't different enough arf dog you have to go back though and watch what a lot of what i said i said that just delta scaling is not rewarding because i can't meet it eventually in Anthem, and I've said this numerous times today and you've been here, so either you miss it or you're just ignoring what I'm saying. I've said this numerous times today. Hard will start to become easy. Like, you'll you'll have so much good loot, hard becomes easy, and you'll naturally be inclined to go into Grandmaster 1 to get the better drops and to face the harder challenges. Destiny just dropped Delta-scaled content on your head that you couldn't meet. You weren't like, oh, I can work my way up to this. You were like, the primary reason that that Last Wish was hard was because of Delta. Like, that's not the same as saying, here's content that as you run it becomes easier. And once it becomes easier, you go up the staircase. It's a completely different execution of, of difficulty spectrum. Tech Sarge. In respect to the last word, Quest Crucible. And again, you could have missed what I said, Arfdog, but I've said that a couple of times today. 
Uh, in respect to the last word quest crucible part, would it be a good thing if they fix it by putting in a checkpoint moment in between games a certain percentage? No. People are completely blowing the percentages out of the water. You have to literally play like an absolute controller on the ground trash can to lose significant percentages. If you're trading, if you're trading, you're not losing percentages. If you lose significant percentages, you have to literally get no kills, no assists, and just die, 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 die. People are exaggerating how much percentages they're losing. They're lying in many respects. We've had people just come in and flat out lie. Oh, is it 76% and drop to zero? Oh, so you died 76 times in a row, never got a single kill or an assist? What did you do? Play with your feet? Like, even if you're near damaged enemies, you might get assists sometimes. I don't, I don't I think you have to put damage on them. But still, what are you doing? I'm not trying to talk down to people, but people completely overstated the percentage losses. They still, they overstated it significantly. Uh, Glitch Bacon. Is there going to be more abilities at launch than demo? No idea. Moon, uh, more cat. Do you think, uh, you think there will be healthy competition will be built from the different ways of building loot or simply from the time frames of the content drip between Division 2 and Destiny? I've answered this many, many times. I don't want to brush past your question, but I've answered this. I think people will drift naturally between the games. Jay Christ. In Destiny 3, could they implement a difficulty spectrum on the whole game? I would love to see that because I think it's great. It drags the whole game with you. Anybody who works on public spaces, public events, lost sectors, dungeons, adventures, strikes, anything that gets worked on is eternally relevant with difficulty spectrum. There is no cannon fodder content. It, it would be a great way to build Destiny 3. J2J squared. Uh, the performance of Anthem on my PS4 did not feel well optimized. It was very choppy. I understand that this really isn't Anthem's fault, but do you think we'll get better post-demo? Optimization is supposedly coming. We were playing a six or seven week old build. It was more optimized on PC. Naturally, I think that means it'll be more optimized on the consoles. I also think a lot of the background network garbage that was happening was limiting performance as well. I think your 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 systems were being taken through the ringer by the just the some of the cluttered up gross net code that was making people rubber band and stuff uh grantula i'm a destiny one player have not bought d2 is it worth the buy completely up to you i'm not telling you what to buy i don't do that the assyrian gamer to clarify guilds clans will not be in at launch launch based social hub will be available at launch not having been around the stream too long do you think that the content loop in terms of trying to merge single player story and multiplayer gameplay is a good move i think it worked in a lot of games up to this point you can play games co- you know cooperatively yes uh, tenuous quads do you think there will be gear score checks uh, for trying difficulty levels sure it even tells you you need to be at epic level javelin before going into you need to be at an epic level uh, javelin before going into grandmaster one uh, valor bunker do you think the real end game is the tinkering of new builds developing tactics and how to clear difficult content uh, yes and building out your javelins to their completion having multiple builds multiple loadouts because you could have probably I think two to three loadouts you know 10 months of subs from quiet ghost thank you master light do you think it's better the way anthem will be launched or do you think that it will be better if it's launched for everyone on the 15th I've answered this question a lot I pr- early access is normal I guess just get over it Dallas Archer thoughts on not coming across randoms in free play I think I will miss this matchmaking prior to landing seems to result in players going their separate ways this is a challenge this is probably one of the areas where the game will get a little lackluster but here's the thing 
I think once you start making friends or, you know, naturally sort of people start seeing that they need to kind of follow the people they get matched with, that'd be good. I just, the nature of combat and the nature of how many combos you can do and how much damage you can do, you know, six to 12 random titans, uh, I'm sorry, javelins in an area would make the content a joke and it would also really, really hurt performance because they just put so much graphical flourishes attached to the, to the, to the attacks and stuff it would be it'd be tough i'm gonna miss it too but i get why they kind of can't do it you're just gonna have to try to kind of hope that people get educated with it's better to follow the people i get paired with if you're gonna go into the public free play area kind of try to stick together and look for world events or you know become strong enough and competent if you're gonna play solo that's another reason why to run a, a build that has both priming and deading so you're not really relying on the teams that you get paired with ernie I feel like people aren't understanding that Anthem's endgame is more akin to Diablo than traditional looter-shooter system. Do you think this approach will set Anthem apart from others in a good way? It has the potential to make it set apart. It also has the potential of making people not like it. People just don't like what they're not familiar with, so it goes both ways. Morecat, do you think solo queuing or queuing without four people for free play should be allowed? Sometimes it's nice uh, to explore solo. You can set it to private if you want to do that. Sasquatch, my biggest worry is not the endgame activities, rather the abilities worth going after. Do you think the abilities are a bit diluted? Uh to only one or two clear standout options per javelin. We talked about this. Uh, we're going to talk about this this week when I create my guides. I think some of the abilities either need buffed or there's other content where they're going to make sense. We're just playing one stronghold. So, Unsung 4. Things to do. As a guardian that only runs one character, I'm quickly running out of content. Do you foresee Destiny creating enough content to keep us busy and engaged until the next big release from the calendar? It's drip feed content. I think you're always going to hit a ceiling. You're going to get to the point where there's nothing left to do and you're going to move on to other things. Um, And I think that's why other games coming out is probably good for Destiny, not bad for it. Cheryl Lowell says, What do you think about all the endgame activities as the same loot table? Don't you think people will want to grind, uh, will just grind the easiest way since it's all about loot? It's pretty stupid with no special loot for different gameplays. Uh, it's presumptive to call it stupid because you haven't played it yet. So, running public events, running world events, and, and like the public space stuff is, I'm, I, I would think it's not going to be as rewarding as running Grandmaster 1 Strongholds. If they haven't foreseen that as a problem, then they're going to have to. Because if I'm just running world event after world event after world event and having a marginally easier time, then the turnover of loot would need to be significantly higher in the strongholds. I also heard that they're going to limit how many strongholds you can run per day. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out. If it's, you know, if it's one stronghold pulled per day, which is what I saw from Skill Up, which I'm kind of shocked if that's how much they limit it. That means you run your strongholds, I would hope once per javelin, maybe. So that's, what, 12 per day? That's a lot. And then you go run the other things, the contracts, the public spaces, etc. I don't know. We'll have to wait. Well, they limit stronghold runs. Same reason that you only get so many drops from a raid. Endgame content cannot be um, universal. Skill up never said that there is no loot lockout. I swear to you, I saw a skill up tweet where he said one stronghold per day. I I I, I run a stronghold once per day. I swear to you, I saw a tweet where he said that. He said one contract per day, not stronghold. I misread. Okay, my bad. You can run the strongholds infinitely. Even still, even still, the point that I was trying to make is I would really, really feel like you're going to have to run the the biggest content to get the most consistent drops. Thank you, Easy E 609 with a brand new Prime sub. 
and Krizik with three months of subs. Welcome back. That's a blue go. Uh, that's a blue badge. Um, Bowers, do you think they need to add the ability to invite people into your matchmaking group to a party chat in Xbox? Currently, that isn't an option as it is in Destiny. Yes, I hope they do. Voice over IP is supposedly going to be automatic, though. You'll be automatically in in chat with people. So that's the last question. I'm going to cut it there. The last question is stupid, so I'm going to skip it. I'm just going to jump right past it. It's just silly. I'm not answering questions that are juvenile and, and silly, man. Like, stop asking questions like that. Uh, so we're going to cut it there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably tune in live. Catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, as with all of my content, you can always tune in live. I'm probably live right now. If you're here live right now, I'm going to kind of eat, take a brief break. We're going to keep talking, and we're going to pivot to the anthem discussion about the about the uh, the Shaper Storm. As with all my content, if you're listening or watching in other places, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>